You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. Movie musings for mostly everybody. Remember, true believers, with great power comes great responsibility. chunks and a hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week I'm your hunk. Ooh la la. I'm your, I'm your French hunk. I'm your hunk. <laughs> I'm your hunk. Hunk. That's me. Hey, can I have a turn? Nope. Yeah. I'm Doge, and I've noticed his stuff makes you look a little bloated. Just, you know, a little chunky. Nice. It was already there. Nice. It was already there. It was already there. Oh, it was already there. I'm Carter, and your blood pressure, Mr. Jameson. Your chunk told me to tell you to watch the anger. <laughs> you tell my chunk. Thank you. Hey, what are you gonna scene. do? What are you gonna do next week when there's not a JJJ to do? I'm gonna. Of? I'm gonna do like. Just my, say some AMA lines as JJJ. Probably it'll happen. Perfect. Perfect. Can't wait for No Way Home. (laughs) You'll be back. (laughs) Finally. Finally, you have an opportunity once more. I was jump. Okay, we'll go into that. I was jumping every time in that scene that he jumped. Yeah. It terrified me. Yeah. It's loud. It's a loud scene. Hey. Why? Why are you? Oh, yeah. Why are you honking up, man? Well, um, on Saturday, we had a meeting of the minds, a real brain trust type situation. The pod boys, the pod daddies, a lot of people are saying recently. The pod nobody, absolutely nobody's are, saying that. Nobody uh, ever will say that. not to say that. The pod daddies gathered together. Nope, they didn't. On sat- Saturday morn <laughs> to, uh, to brainstorm, to come up with what, what, a, what what's the next year look like? What's, what's our situation look like? Who In are we? In the year we? of our law, 2022. Who who are we is the real question. And um, I'm the hunk because I contributed the most and the smartest information. No, actually, it's uh, it's because we used my house to uh, meet. Not just your house. Your lovely house. My lovely house. It was house. your dry erase board. We used my dry erase that board. That was, honestly, I've never felt so official. I'm as, a real dry erase board boy. 
That was such an LLC move there, Jordan. It yeah, totally it really was. was. It really was, yeah. I, I yeah. tried to uh, knock out a wall and replace it all with glass so we could just write on that. But turns out mm. when you rent a house, they really, really they frown. They don't want yeah, knocking out walls. Those, also, those you hadn't put in, together yet, yeah. Those who live in rent houses shouldn't erect throw, glass walls, you know? Shouldn't that's, throw glass that's onto the, walls. That's the saying. That's, that's what a does. lot of people are saying, but yeah, so, you know. We 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 uh, we planned. We know what's up. And so if somebody asks us like, "What's next for two chunks?" I'd be like, "Uh huh, I do know that." We do know, but you can't know. You can't because it's a secret. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's not a secret. Uh, what we're talking about today because it's the third. I I almost did that transition for you. <laughs> I was like, "Come on, dude." What's not a secret though? I'll tell you what isn't a secret. <laughs> It's not a secret what we're talking about today. The third movie, the final Raimi movie, the third movie in our Spider-Man series, it's called Spider-Man 3. And uh, as per the legally binding document I signed decades ago, I cannot talk about this movie until I get a synopsis from Duzois. So Duz, I'm so excited for this synopsis. Please give Good me a luck. synopsis. This week... IMDb super user Sumitra is bringing us home. That's three Raimi synopses for three Raimi movies from our dear, dear Sumitra. Sumitra, once again, the quill of the god touches the parchment of our brain and writes, (laughs) Peter Parker is finally happy. He is doing well at the school. His girlfriend MJ Watson loves him, and the whole city loves his crime-fighting alter ego Spider-Man finally bestowing upon him the praise he so rightly deserves. Apart from this, he has made some new foes and rivals. His former (laughs) friend-turned-foe Harry Osborn has become the new goblin and wants to avenge his father by killing Spider-Man. On one night, an alien symbiote from outer space crash lands in Peter's vicinity and attaches itself to his spider suit, turning it black in color and enhancing its powers. Flint Marco, a fugitive, is turned into the Sandman when he gets subjected to a molecular lab experiment. Incidentally, Marco is the person who is revealed to have killed Peter's Uncle Ben, and now Peter wants revenge. Peter's job as a freelance photographer with the Daily Bugle is taken by Eddie Brock. Peter also learns that apart from enhancing his powers, the Black Symbiote has also brought out the dark side within him, which causes him to ruthlessly manages to throw Eddie out of his job. When MJ breaks up with him, he starts dating his fellow student Gwen Stacy, who was Eddie's ex, to make them both jealous. Soon Peter must decide whether he should let his dark side to dominate his personality or not. Always stopping well before the end. Thank goodness. It's a bittersweet thing. (laughs) There was such a head of steam. This is not a joke. (laughs) At one point, I don't know if I disassociated or what happened, but I was like thinking about completely different things and then was like, oh wait, oh my God, we're still in the synopsis. Still going. Are you kidding still me? Still going, still going. Here is the thing about this movie though. Our beautiful, beautiful Sumitra gave no more than one sentence per plot idea for this movie. Well, yeah, that is true. true. That is That's very true. true. The Harry Osborne <laughs> stuff is literally a sentence in there. The Gwen Stacy appears once in that synopsis. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean... <sighs> It's not inaccurate. I'll say no. that. It's no, no, not no. inaccurate. And that that's kind of sort of, it's impossible to have a conversation about Spider-Man 3 without talking about what's going on with Spider-Man 3 in kind of the <laughs> real world at this point. Like yeah. this is a movie beset, absolutely beset with real world problems. 
Uh, yeah. Mostly, in my opinion, in the writer's room, but, you know, to each well, their own. Uh, guys, it's, I have to. I have to super dump right now. Can, Can I do, do it? it? When you got to go. Can I do it? Doge is always apologetic. That Holding those in is good for your health. That's what my doctor <laughs> I love, tells me. I love the energy of just like, I'm so sorry. I know it's one of the two most important things on this <clears> podcast, <throat> but I'm going to do it. I just try to keep it so positive all the time. That's that you. I hate, I hate you, to bring man. it down. I hate to be a black cloud on this beautiful, sunny podcast. <laughs> yeah, hit me. Hit me, dog. My super dump is the structure of this movie. There are sure, two sure. movies happening at the same time. I would argue there are three movies I happening counted. at the same time. Sam yeah. Raimi wanted to close out this trilogy with a personal story focusing on Peter, MJ, and Harry with the antagonist of Flint Marco, the Sandman. That's the story that I like and I think works pretty well and is comprised of elements that work together. Avi Arad, who uh, we haven't talked about on the show before. Avi is the co-founder of Marvel Studios. He produced Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk. But before that, he was the CEO of Marvel Entertainment. Uh, and so he, he was a producer on pretty much every non-MCU movie that you can think of, all the way through recently through things like Spider-Verse. Uh, but think about the X-Men movies, think about the Ben Affleck Daredevils, think about Fantastic Fours, think about your Ghost Riders. That's the movies that he's producing. He's also producing things like Venom and Morbius currently. Uh, but but the kind of the legend has it that he was telling Sam Raimi, hey, you're focusing too much on the characters that you love, on the villains that are interesting to you. So you really need to pull one in that the fans really like. So uh, you have to do Venom. You, you have to do Venom and we're not going to let you do it unless you do Venom. Wow. And the fact that Sam is able to kind of retrofit the the Venom stuff into this movie, like the, I th feel like the the kind of theme he's wanting to go with is you're more than your choices, right? Which is kind of similar to Spider-Man too. But the fact that he's sure. able to fit the Venom stuff in and kind of retrofit that and make it sort of make sense, I think is a huge testament to his creativity. It's just, For sure. man, that, that symbiote stuff is just so obviously out like from outside this other story that's happening to me. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Let's zoom out one level further for just a moment. Yes. And talk uh, No Way Home for just a second in light Ooh. of uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 3. I think mm. that what we learned from Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 3 is uh, something we've talked about, um, maybe not on the podcast, but definitely in person we've talked about, uh, the curse of too many villains. <laughs> yeah. Where Spider-Man movies time. go to die. Right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if you want to talk about valid concerns over No Way Home, I mean, it's it's the MCU, right? It's different. But if you want to talk about valid concerns that people have brought up about No Way Home, I would say too many villains is a real possibility here. Hmm. I'm I'm actually pretty nervous about that. Because we we have to have, like the reason that, to me, Spider-Man 2 is like night and day difference from this Spider-Man 2 is pretty widely respected and felt like, this sounds awful. I could imagine a grown-up watching Spider-Man 2. I couldn't imagine somebody older than I was at the time going to the theater and enjoying Spider-Man 3. Right. Yeah. I was in seventh grade. It was 2007. I thought it was the best thing I'd ever seen because Venom was in it. Right. But like, <laughs> I can't imagine like how my parents felt when I bought the DVD and brought it home. I was like, you got to see the new Spider-Man. Like, what did they think coming off the right. heels of Spider-Man 2, you yep, know? Yep, yep. But we you have a really strong too? conflict lock between Peter and Otto in Spider-Man 2, and we have virtually no conflict lock between anybody here. Yeah, who is your? Uh, who did you just bring into the story? What, what's the name of the person that was behind the scenes? That's that Avi Arad. Yeah. So Avi, 
Avi what? Arad. Avi Arad. A-R-A-D. Yeah. So I think Avi gets to still kind of look over their glasses at the end, though, and be like, see, told you. Because despite all of the mess, it made $900 million yes. in 2007. <laughs> see, told you they wanted Venom. You know, and so it's like, that's kind of the bummer of it to me in looking at everything that's going on in the world then. Yeah. And then that's the scary thing, like like we're talking about now, of having so many. It's just like, oh, oh my God, like this is... And does it help at all, guys, that we had... You know that it feels like all of the villains that we have in this one, just about all of them, unless I'm missing somebody because there are so many, <laughs> are at least someone that we've had some time on screen with before. Is there, is there, in, in, in No Way Home? In No Way Home, yeah. So oh, is there okay, like, I'm with you. Is there like a, does that feel a little better? And all we have to do is kind of course correct and lean into who it seems like our director for No Way Home understands was the best one? Because so, I mean- we said before that Otto is like it, right? Oh, sure, he's, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the crux here. It feels to me like, like, in the words of the good doctor himself, brilliant but lazy. I think it could work well, but I think we, I mean, it's the same concerns we had when we talked about WandaVision when we thought that Ralph Boner was actually Pietro from the Fox X Men universe, because if he's actually Quicksilver, then. Like by corollary, that means that X Men Two or X Three: The Last Stand is now canon to the MCU, and that movie's bad. <laughs> right, know? but so it's also like, by the nature of multiverses, it is. Even if we never acknowledge it, it is. Sure, but if we directly bring it in, then then in some way these lesser movies become required viewing to understand sure. the yeah. last one. You know, there's a couple things that make me less worried about No Way Home. And yeah, all these talk villains. to me. One of them is, uh, I I just can't I can't fight anymore the momentum of the MCU of Marvel Studios. Hmm. There's been so many times I've been scared and they've they've really proven me wrong. Um, and then also I would say this feels like a while it does feel heavy fan service in a big way, and that's something that MCU yeah. is unique in that sometimes fan service means wow what a waste of time, but at least the fans love it. <laughs> But the MCU has kind of flipped that sometimes because there's things that have been done that are fan service that feel organically very welcome in the narrative yeah. of a lot of these MCU yeah. movies. So I think this just feels like a, hey, let's just put the last nail in the coffin of the old Spider-Mans. Let's bring them all back in one fatal swoop and just say, you remember that? They're all here. And the best parts of it, we get to keep. And the ones that we didn't like, we get to change and they never come back again. I'm like there's you. part of me that's like, I'm here's the Viking funeral for Sony's old Spider-Man. Like MCU yeah. has the dagger behind their back for the day that they <laughs> just finally end all this stuff with Sony. Yeah. And it is poisoned with no way home. And they're just like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, I think we totally, this is a great idea. And then it's like, yep, we're done. We have I, nothing I, else that I we need from you anymore. It feels like so. a flex more than anything. It feels like the MCU is looking to be able to go, you guys remember when we took your doo-doo electro and made him awesome? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you guys remember when everybody liked the version that we did? Do you guys remember that? <laughs> it's yeah. crazy, right? Like it's yeah, crazy the, that when we did it, it was dope. Yeah. And that's the trouble too. And I think I understand, Doge. I empathize with you because having so many villains is a lot different than getting to, well, Endgame, really. It was Thanos and he had his lackeys and stuff. And we had a lot of stuff going on. But the MCU was in full control of that. Marvel Studios, the new iteration yeah. was in full control of it. Now we're just, we're picking up something from the used aisle. 
exactly. and trying to repurpose it, which is, is scary. Yeah. That's the only, that's the thing that's, uh, that's worrying to me. Uh, and I would have the same worry if Hugh Jackman stepped out of a portal or if, you know, if Jessica Alba's Invisible Woman stepped out of a portal, be like, oh, oh man, Lord. now I have yeah. to watch those again. And I don't <laughs> right. like those as much as I like these. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I get yeah. that. I mean, they've, here's how creative the MCU is though. I mean, they turned the Human Torch into Captain America and yeah. nobody even remembers. And then also turned the Human Torch into Killmonger. So <laughs> yes. it's just yeah. a Human Torch rehabilitation program. We're just going, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bring me your poor, your tiled. Tiled? Your tiled. tiled. Your tiled. Bring me your poor, your tiled. We're working your in ceramics. <laughs> of Human Torches, I think is what probably the front of the headquarters for the MCU says. Yeah, probably. Yes, did you probably. did you boys see this when it came out? I did. Of course I did. How did you feel about it at the time? I loved it with every fiber of my being. I was so bummed, man. I was really? in college. Uh, or this was like either that or a send-off before I went out to college. Yeah, two thousand uh, May like, 2007. Yeah, so this was graduating yeah. from high mm. school, getting ready for college. And it's like vitamin C is playing in my, you know, mm-hmm. as we go. Yeah. And I'm holding the hands of all these franchises that are that are ending. And I'm just like, okay, let's all do this together. Let's end on a high note. And then Spider-Man 3 happened. And I was like, yeah. listen, <laughs> I really did enjoy all of the falling from several story fights we had. There were a lot of them. Maybe too many. Also, maybe maybe too many. Also, what is going on? So I was like, whatever. You got my money. I had my popcorn and bunch of crunch. But I was pretty bummed, honestly. I was 13. Same. So I was just like, oh, more Spider-Man. I was deep in it. Uh, This came out on a Friday. I remember my mom picking me up from seventh grade, driving me directly to the movie theater to see it. Did you just say this came out on a Friday as though you remember what day of the week this movie came out? No, I'm saying it came out on a Friday, and that's important (laughs) because the Monday of that week, Mm. I remember that it was the week of Spider- I was like counting down to this. I was like, it is Spider-Man week. I can't wait. Spider-Man 2 is the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's Spider-Man week. Yeah, We were in Walmart- and we saw uh, the like official novelization of Spider-Man Three, and I was like, "Mom, I, I don't I don't know how to explain this to you, but I have to have that. <laughs> I'm gonna die it if so, I don't get it that It is book. so important to me." She's like, "A book? You're a kid and you want a book? Sure, why not? Yeah, totally. I'll buy it for you." So I bought it, devoured, read the entire thing, finished it up last period of seventh grade on that Friday, finished it up in that last class Look and then you, immediately went to go see the movie. Wow. I was a hundred percent in. I was like, this is the best movie I've ever seen. I was like, yeah. uh, I was all in, completely all in on this movie when it came that's out. That's so interesting. There's a, there's a wonderful thing that happens that's this fun little aftershock in the box office is the movies that tend to make the most money in franchises are the ones after what are critically the most acclaimed. So Return of the King after Two Towers, which is my favorite. And I don't think I'm, am I the only one that Two Towers of those three was my favorite? No, Two Towers is my favorite too. Okay, gotcha. And so then we have- Yeah, which is, that one's a lot better and less egregious than anyone liking Spider-Man 3 more than two, but it's making (laughs) 200 more million because everyone is expecting- I mean, when you look at the players, like if we were doing a podcast at the time, imagine how excited we would be. The people doing the research and saying, yeah. I mean, what what could go wrong? Same guy, like same director, same Spider-Man, yeah. same mm-hmm. all this stuff. They're so adding Venom. They're adding Gwen Stacy. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then nothing. No brains. No but brains. Fun. No, I look. <laughs> I think it's clear of the many issues, the writing has to be one of the most egregious. Oh, yeah. Have you seen have you seen the interview that Ramy gave where he talks about uh he was at the studio's request forced to shove 10 pounds of movie into a five pound bag? No. Oh, that's so funny. That's what I know. Looking for. It's brutal. Yeah. He's he's been pretty candid uh in interviews and stuff about like, listen, I know it's bad. I don't think this one's very good. I had something I wanted to do and they had something they wanted to do, and we both tried to do our thing, and neither of them ended up good. Yeah. Look, I I know. There are many times that directors use studio interference to justify a bad movie and how it's not their fault. Obviously, I know this. David Ayer. Yeah. Zach well, release, Snyder. Release the Raimi cut is what I'm saying. Right. You know? Raimi's Peter, vision was Peter just Jackson. too edgy. But at least Raimi had two good ones in his pocket before <laughs> the third one, you know? <laughs> but I, I think in order... In order for me to have a cathartic experience uh, sort of exorcising my Spider-Man 3-related demons, I have to talk about the script of this movie. Both yep. both dialogue-related and just general story beats-related, it's it's painful yeah. to me. Cathart on them, dude. I'd yeah. love to cathart all over this if that would be okay. I, have, I love the energy. Before we do that, can I say one thing? Please. Something else that was happening around this time was everyone in the movie business and everyone consuming movies was enamored by CGI that was starting to be incredibly impressive. Yeah. Mm. And so I think a lot of movies got really busy. Mm-hmm. A lot of movies were <laughs> yeah. great for 13-year-olds that mm-hmm. read the book right before, right? Yep. Because that yep. was the point. I remember the first time I saw Michael Bay's Transformers. Right. Yeah. I thought, okay, oh my God. This is oh the my best God. thing. Yeah. I was like, and I happened to be like last minute uh, fourth row boy, but it didn't yeah. matter because Optimus just cradled me yeah. Into like certain <laughs> hysteria. So it was just like all that happens too. And I was thinking of Peter Jackson kind of being pushed by Warner Brothers and how weird CGI that was and so against what he wanted to do. But so much is happening. That's why yeah. I, I just want to throw that in there before we get into this. Is around the, story. the same time we're getting like Davy Jones and stuff like that, where it's like CG like is the selling point. That's Everyone's a good point. flexing. Yeah. Everyone's like, but who's got the best CG team, right? right? Yeah. It's it's wild. The CG looks pretty good for the most part. I think part the visual effects are pretty bad great. at all. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, it's great. Yeah, the look it, of the symbiote, the presence of the symbiote, I take great umbrage with, but the look of the symbiote is really good. Yeah, let's break it down a little bit. Let's break, let's uh, uh, drop a beat. Let's break Carter, it down. drop a beat for him. <clears throat> you clipped completely out of my <laughs> yeah, uh, I have no idea auditory range when that happened. But I bet it was sick. I bet it was Zoom really tight. when it's not made for this world. This Zoom world. was like, is this guy playing music? That's copyright. Turn you it gotta down. That. Turn it down. That was too close to all the other good <laughs> tracks. <laughs> the fact that the symbiote is here in this movie is a bummer. The fact that the symbiote came to Earth in the way that it did when we were introduced to JJ's it, son in the last movie. Yeah. yeah, it was supposed to come with young Jameson. Was yeah, it not? We, he's so, here. He exists. There were drafts of this movie where it came with Jameson, like landed on his rocket. There were drafts of this movie that also, I think the novelization actually did not have it coming from a meteor. So the novelization really? I read was definitely based on an earlier draft. Uh, because the differences are at the end, Peter uh, like does all the sonic weapon against Venom, 
and it's just Eddie's smoking skeleton inside. Eddie is completely gone. The, the the symbiote's just manipulating his body, which is interesting. If if nothing like the comics, um, but the the other draft for the presence of the symbiote in this movie is actually based on Ultimate Comics, where uh, Peter's father and Eddie's father were scientists working together on a cure for cancer, and it was these basically synthetic white blood cells that would attach to the body and attack impurities. And it was this suit. Mm. It was this symbiotic organism that they developed and created. That iteration of the origin of Venom feels a lot more in line with the tone of the other Spider-Mans from Sam Raimi to me. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I agree. If you're going to have it come from space, let's have it with the space boy from the last one. The guy that we got introduced to. I know. I mean, come on. It's right there. It's a way to have any connective tissue from this movie to another movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. But it was a meteor, which was an issue for me. I have such a big, and I have to turn off, I have to be ready for like the fantastical, right? I've got to turn certain things off in superhero movies. Uh, I've got to turn certain things off in fantasy, sci-fi, anything like that. Can we stop risking things by just having like chilling on a web? Yeah. With your girlfriend without your mask on? <laughs> Dude, for real. In the park? <laughs> Are you serious? I'm so tired. That thing, that looks cool. That is neat. I would love to flex with my girlfriend if I had organic webbing and make sure. us make us a, a wonderful hammock. I kind of feel like, like Jess would be like, hey, dude, I'm not touching that stuff. That's pretty nasty. I just watched that come out well. of you. That's gross. It's pretty yeah. very nasty. When he's, uh, when, when, when Peter is up above the key to the city ceremony without his mask on, he's like, I'm like, what are you like doing? Me. Yeah, Callie goes, put your mask on. I, I did that too. And Gwen evidently knows exactly where he is. Right. Because she was told, hey, here's where he'll be. He responded. He accepted the iCal invite. It's like, <laughs> Tobey Maguire is probably the only person in the world that if you were far enough away, you couldn't see his mouth at all. <laughs> and so it's, it's very clearly like, Peter. that's Peter Parker. There's only... It's just I, eyes and a to nose be 15 on that feet face. Away. It's just eyes and a nose. All, that's all it is, is. Eyes and a nose on that face. That's definitely Peter Parker, 100%. <laughs> okay, so my super dump lives here. Um, and uh, oh, here he goes. Here uh-oh. he goes, guys. Uh oh. Oh, here it goes. I hate <laughs> that Flint Marco is the one that shot and killed Uncle Ben. Yeah, that's so lazy. So yeah, I don't love stupid. that at all. Do you think it that's didn't, a direct? We didn't need it to be. I mean, that's a no, direct, it's like... it's not necessary at all, dude. No. But Joe Chill killed Batman's parents. Yeah. And became the Joker in exactly. 1989. That's, how, that's so, exactly what it felt like. Is that what it is? Like, Didn't does it have do to be that now? Yeah. I was waiting sucks. for the pearl necklace to be broken and fall on the ground. <laughs> it just sucks. So Man, yeah, that's like, dumb. Sandman can be interesting on his own. Ch- tell me the story of... Uh, a good man forced to make bad decisions because of the failing of a healthcare system that couldn't pay for his daughter to be well, and he resorted to crimes that he is not proud of or particularly maybe even good at, got caught, escaped to get back to his daughter, and got turned accidentally into the Sandman. That's a story. Which is an entire invention of Raimi, by the way. But I'm down with it. Yeah, no, I think it's fantastic. I like that a lot. I love that aspect. I hate that he is actually the one that killed. I don't know, man. It's all so like serendipitous to the point yeah. of stupidity to me. Absolutely. This whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, it, it's just, it's just a, you know, and we can get into, we can get into the, the character pain that that brings me in a little bit, but just <laughs> at, from a writing perspective, that is a yeah. bunk decision. I think it is. Yes. It, I think it is maybe, I don't think it's the biggest misstep of this movie. I think it is the biggest, uh, symptom, the most obvious symptom indicative of the problem with this movie. Yeah. And it is the most offensive uh, runoff of that to me in the whole We movie. didn't, yeah, we didn't need another like narrative line of like Peter not wanting to kill people. That was kind of, that's already been there. Yeah. Well, hey, if he doesn't want to kill somebody that's hurting somebody, why not make it hairy? <laughs> if we're, if we yeah. are absolutely insisting on New Goblin being a part of this movie, which is also a dump from me as well. Yeah. No way, dude. His snowboard is so rad. <laughs> I was like, man, you're going to fight. Like, it's like a triple boss fight. And you probably took the thing you got on the first level. Like, when we <laughs> looked at his. Like dad's and his like updated. He had all this cool stuff. What a glowdown! And <laughs> then he's just got the he's just got the snowboard. He Dude, goes from that emerald, that emerald, emerald Tina, green. I thought that board was so sick, though. No, I did too. The like half mask thing. Yeah. I was like, that is the coolest thing I can. And now imagine. we all walk around with that new goblin mask on all the time. <laughs> mm. <laughs> we do. <laughs> we do. Were you about to say something about? him showing up to that fight or were you just saying that it's dumb that he shows up with his old gear? He just shows up with his old gear. He shows up with the thing that the doesn't feel like it's going to do the most damage. Yeah. How did you like his bat, his Batman fins on his arm? I don't mind. Those I were, mean, it's whatever. Those, those were kind of cool. Yeah. Those were kind of cool that they were hi hiding under his sweater. So that's not without comic precedent that Harry becomes the goblin. No, I that actually, doesn't bother no, me. No, I actually quite I just, like that storyline. Just the visual design of the new goblin is... The worst thing it's so I've lazy, ever seen. Dude. It is terrible. He it looks like a Power awful. Rangers villain. Well, I mean, First Goblin definitely looks like a Power Rangers villain as well. Mm -hmm. But this one looks even more Power Rangier. We didn't. We didn't need to like trends of the day it up. Like we didn't yeah. need yes. to be like it feels. This reach feels the people. <laughs> this feels so much more like 2007 than last week did like yeah, 2004. Why? I mean, to me. freaking Good point. Venom had frosted tips, so it's like yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> oh man. Um, <laughs> that's true. I mean, that's true. Uh, Venom looks oh. tight. Um, we'll talk a little yeah. bit about my overall feelings about Topher Grace uh, soon. Not right now, but but very soon we'll talk about my my Topher Grace. I'm a Topher Grace apologist, not for this movie necessarily, but just in general, I really like the guy. <laughs> so we'll get there. Um, I do want to say, yeah, I think Venom's design looks great. Um, uh, maybe a little too inorganic for me, actually. Like Pretty he looks a little too yeah. armored other than his you like face. The voice. Do you like Eric Foreman's voice coming out of this monster's I mouth? Don't. No, I don't. Because I don't at all. I don't. Um uh, I have not yet seen the Tom Hardy Venom, but from what I understand, uh, this the has got me wanting to watch those. Guys. Same. hundred percent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Same. From what I understand, the symbiote has its own voice. Good. It should sound scary. In Venom. Like it talks on its own separate from our friend. Yeah, this sounds like Edward. someone with an Instagram filter around the ho uh, Halloween season. <laughs> Just uh, trying to be cute. But yeah, I'd, I'd like to talk about our um, Eddie Brock, Peter Parker relationship and all that sort of goes on at the Daily Bugle, honestly. Uh, just from a storytelling perspective. Uh, but before we do that, we are going to have to go ahead to shout announcements. 
listening to Shout Announcements. It's the Shout Announcements part of the show where we do Shout Announcements. Shout out to me for this voice that I got stuck in for a minute. <laughs> yeah, dude. You can't love get it. out. Love it. Uh, guys, I guess I can relate a little bit to Peter Parker uh, in this movie. Is that how handsome you are? Because of how handsome I am. Because you make your hair all emo whenever you're feeling grumpy. And because sometimes I choose to talk like this. <laughs> and just only move my bottom lip as if I am an animatronic at Chuck E. Cheese. He's from but Disney's Hall of Spider-Man. He's from Hall of Spider-Man. But he has this moment where he's trying to fight like the... What happens to the symbiote? It, it kind of accentuates the aggression. bad parts of you, yeah. the aggression of you. I think it, it, there it was- accentuates particularly aggression, the strongest present aspects of you. Well, I think for me... There was a time when we were asking for rate and reviews years ago. It's weird to say years ago and be literal that I wasn't so nice. Mm. Um, That's true. And to be honest, it's kind of creeping back. Is he and back I'm again? Just, <gasps> oh, no. I'm just kind of ticked off. If you haven't rated or reviewed our podcast, why are you listening? Whoa. Please turn off. Please turn off the podcast Carter, and no. stop wasting our airspace Carter, with no. people that actually care about Carter. us. Carter. I'm I'm tired of it. He's, Sounds like he's, I'm he's tired looking of it. real peeved from my angle. Every morning is is just a fake Christmas morning to me. It's like I can't wait to because we've got thousands of downloads and tens of thousands of friends and we've got all these things that are going down. Can't wait to see more reviews there so that we can be famous. Can't be famous when people are lazy. That's just straight up. Wow. It. Brilliant. Can't but be famous. Can't be I'm talking to you, Matt, driving your Honda Civic. I know who you oh, are. No. I pass by you every day. I hear you on your on, on the Dude, podcast listening that, be that you do on that streaming. So bad, <laughs> Matt. Go rate and review for Pete's sake. Matt, slam the e brake and and rate and review this ding dang podcast. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be nicer with mine, which is simply this. You too, Cliff. <laughs> your Ford Taurus. I know you recognized it in Spider Man Three, the green one. Dude, Cliff that was totally behind the, drives a Ford Taurus behind the sand truck. And the, and the money truck. I can't remember the two trucks. There's two <laughs> trucks in there, and you're you're behind one of them. You don't even rate and review. Lazy punk. Dang. Wow. Wow. I'm still going to be nicer on mine. <laughs> the bar is set so low, it would be very difficult to be meaner. But I'm going to be nicer. I'm going to take the high road. The road less traveled, some might say. Here's the deal. We want to grow. Because we love making this podcast. We love interacting with, talking with, and sharing movie love with all of you. And we want to do that with more people. And the best way, the most effective way for us to grow is you. So here I am, just a boy, standing in front of really any number of people. And I'm asking all over this. All the world. Hmm. Send our show to some people. Send it in a text. Send it in an email. If you like it, they're going to like it. it. If you're you're taking a 45-minute trip from one town to the other with a friend in your seat, you got them hostage. Hit play, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Show them what's up. If you love our show, if you love our show, let them know. You know, that's what we've been saying. That's what we've been saying. That's what they're chanting. If you've got friends that are planning to go see No Way Home, throw all this their way. Yeah, this is a fun time. And here's the like, deal: I don't I want to rewatch going to see No Way Home. Everybody's yeah. saying No Way Home. Well, and everybody's rewatching these beforehand anyway, That's right? True. We're all gonna, we were all gonna do that anyway. I mean, I've been streaming these on YouTube TV because TNT is watching them. 
It's been free for me, just lots of commercials. Oh, I own the Blu-rays, the collector's edition. Well, we, then, so. we, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna we for know. mine. I'm gonna be medium. I'm gonna be some mean okay. and some nice. I'm gonna he's try and thread right. that. He's the thread that middle Goldilocks needle. of. Listen up, butt wipes. <laughs> we love you, and we're really proud of you. Nice. We're so happy with the people you're becoming as you grow up. And eat your stupid lasagna, you sloppy hogs. Because a beautiful cat named Garfield is about to grace your screens next week, uh, slipping into some reds and some blues. We're going to talk about the very first Andrew Garfield Spider-Man next week. Wow, great job. And you're an an idiot. You're an idiot if you don't listen. And we hope your ears fall off because you're not using them to listen to our podcast. But we also love you and hope they grow back because there's lots of beautiful beautiful sounds (laughs) that we want you to be able to hear, like a baby's cry. And uh, uh, baby's first breath. And they're not all baby sounds, but those are probably some of the good ones. I've always been confused about what gaslighting is because every time I ask anybody about it, they tell me that that's not a real thing and that I should uh, go back to sleep because I'm sleeping. <laughs> hey, don't worry, don't worry your dumb little head about that, bud. Oh, this is gaslighting. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, so I think we haven't given Elizabeth Banks enough credit for throughout these three movies because she's really awesome. <laughs> hey, guys, she's in these movies. I don't think we've actually even said she's in I these know. movies. Uh, Elizabeth Banks she, is in these movies. She, all three of them. She's all three of them, and she's at the Bugle. Um, the, we get some interesting dynamic here. I love photography competition for Peter. I think that's very interesting uh, hmm. because we have leaned so hard into he's the only guy that can get pictures of Spider-Man here uh, in these movies. I love a dude being like, well, I'm going to try and just get better pictures of Spider-Man. Love the fake, the fake out of the edited picture. I think that's really great. I think that's a lot of fun. Um, there, there is so much going on with the bugle in these three movies. Um, and it feels like it all comes to a really interesting place here. And I wish that we had spent more time on like bugle time versus maybe yeah. some of these other <laughs> yoo-hoos that are uh, up on the screen. <laughs> these are the things that don't have me as worried about No Way Home. Right. The the very first thing we brought back essentially was the bugle. Yep. Like of having yeah. JJ back. Mm-hmm. And so they they've <laughs> the first two things that we see are Otto and Jameson. And yeah. Those are seem to be most people's collective good feelings about yeah. the original trilogy. That's true. Yeah, it seems like it seems like there's a, a, a really strong understanding of what makes the Raimi trilogy work going into No Way Home. And I appreciate that a lot. Yeah, I I really hope so. <laughs> As per usual, yeah. I think I'm a little more confident yeah. about it than you are. Totally. I'm the coldest one of all of us. It's my icy heart. Mm, no, it's going to grow three sizes that day. That I promise you. <laughs> that I promise you. Um, it, but if it's okay, can we can we talk very briefly about something I love that I think is dumb, that, but that I love? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the podcast. I'm like weirdly yeah. self-conscious about the fact that I love this scene. Uh-oh. Is it the jazz club? No, I hate that. <laughs> it's so stupid. No, uh, 
that, that, that's next. No, the thing I want to talk about is the way that Spidey defeats Venom uh, with the loud pole sounds that he sticks oh, in the circle excellent. around. It's so I cool, that. dude. That's excellent. Yeah. yeah. That's not dumb. The symbiote's two weaknesses are loud sounds and fire, according right. to the comics. And so we we stun him with all of these reverberating- Totally ripped that from Frankenstein. <laughs> Well, Venom's original name was Dr. Frankenstein's monster, but they had to change it. Oh. <laughs> it was, he was called Frankenstein, but they're like, that's stupid. And it already sounds so much like bad spider spit. So we'll just call him Venom. Mm, yeah. Nice. Very good. Yeah. I, I just, I love when Spidey realizes, oh, that hurt him and then stabs all the poles and then just basically runs around yeah. banging him like a yeah. big old xylophone. I think that's a lot of fun. Um, I think it's a very creative way of dealing with that. Uh, don't yeah, know I like why Eddie Brock gets fangs though. It's messy. <laughs> you know, you know. Don't if you really, really think about it. Don't really fully understand why he gets the fan. If you really think about it. Yeah. No, the black yeah. suit, the symbiote suit is awesome. Let's talk about the changes it brings to Peter Parker, though. Doge, I know you, you have yeah. thoughts on this. Doge has been having a take on this for a couple of weeks. Now dig on this. For. Dude, now dig on this kills me. Yeah. The hip thrusting and snapping kills me. So I think the intention here... Uh, and I'm a I'm a Spider-Man 3 apologist so far as to say it could have been a great movie. Sure. I think it had cards stacked against it, namely Avi Arad's insistence that we include Venom and the production team's insistence that, that Gwen Stacy is a part of this movie. Mm-hmm. Neither of them belong at all. Nope. But I actually think that this, now dig on this, jazz club hip thrusting thing could work well in this movie. No. Because... This is similar to, this is the exact mirror of raindrops keep falling on my head from last week's movie of that moment where Peter is doing what Peter Mm. thinks a person would do. Peter is a nerd, wouldn't know a cool person. And, and this, to me, this is, has always read as this is what Peter thinks a cool, confident person would do. So I'm with Mm. you on walking down the street. Brush pushing his hair over his eyeball, wearing eyeliner, and buying an all-black suit. The actual jazz club where suddenly he's so good at piano, that's dumb. That's what I'm saying. That's so stupid. Yeah, the jazz club is good at piano from the symbiote, right? Right. Does the symbiote give him piano power? The same way that the xylophone hurts it. The same way that the xylophone hurts it. it, If it it does, that's so stupid. Yeah. No, I, I, I think the jazz club sucks. I think the jazz club is terrible. It's a big dump from me. Um, but I do, I think that, I think that Peter's dorkiness trying to be cool works and it's hilarious. I think so too. But I think here's the deal about, about Peter at the jazz club though. He's a real Wiimote to Mary Jane at the jazz club. Sure. But he's also a self-obsessed Wiimote in this movie, even before he gets the symbiote. Oh, yeah. Don't like him very much. We have much. destroyed Peter's character in this yeah, movie. Yeah, that's awful. I think characters in general. Gwen is a huge disservice. Gwen is uh, Peter's intellectual equal. In the comics, I mean, if you've seen Amazing Spider-Man, you probably know that this is coming. Uh, in the comics, Gwen is Peter's first girlfriend, and she dies. He's unable to save her. Uh, Uncle Ben is the reason Peter becomes Spider-Man. Gwen shows Peter <laughs> what it costs to stay Spider-Man. Gwen is completely gutted. She's Gwen in name only. And she's a model here, which is actually Mary Jane's profession from the comic. It's just, it's a total like 
she only exists to be the other girl. Mm-hmm. The third piece of yet another Mary Jane Watson love triangle in these movies. Bryce Dallas yeah, Howard would have been a we- better Mary Jane than Kirsten Dunst. Totally agree. I'll die on Com- that hill. Completely agree. I think Kirsten Dunst does a great job. I think she job does a good job. Jane. She does a great this job here. She she was pretty vocal about how much she disliked these movies, being in these movies. During the press junkets for this one, She oh. uh, she's quoted as saying like, well, I never get to do anything in these, but at least on this one, I get to drop a cinder block on Topher Grace. So that's something, right? Oh, Yeah. I mean, I get that frustration. Yeah. Frustration a little bit. She's damseled every every, every single, damsel, episode. single second. Yeah. Episode? Movie. Yeah. It's all the same. And why even why even bring Gwen into it? That's the thing, too. If you know it's gonna be the last one, we're reading about how Raimi like wanted to wrap up the series. Why are we bringing somebody brand new and not doing anything with them? That's the producers. The producers said you have yeah. to include Gwen. And Avi well, said you have to include yeah. Venom. Good for Raimi to to <laughs> so Raimi's do like, well, the best that we'll he make could. him date. Yeah. But yeah, my super dump is everything to do with Venom uh, outside mm. of it looking cool and outside of the way that Venom goes down. I think this I think this movie would have been fine. I think it would have been great if it was just uh ultimately carried by Thomas Hayden Church uh, and and uh yes, you know, uh, a better yes. James Franco but still not a good James Franco because I mean my super He's pump really on the bad. other end is everything to do with Sandman with with Thomas Hayden Church's character. Hey, mine too. Mine too. I th- I think the graphics Wait. for that are amazing. Yeah. Hold on. My, specifically, my super pump is the little bit of actual performance we get from Thomas Hayden Church of Sandman. So I'm just going to throw hmm. mine in with you yeah. guys yeah. because I really yeah. think he's fantastic. Yeah, I think this is, it was a fun test of my memory. Like the things hmm. that stand out. You know, there's some things that you'll do. I would imagine going through something that was as epic as Game of Thrones, there'll be certain things that you remember and you look forward to and then some things that you don't. And it's either because it's a small part or something that didn't have much to do with the plot or it was bad. I tend to do this yeah. thing in my memory where I just don't remember much of what goes on. And we got so far in before we actually see Venom oh, that yeah. I was just like, I, I had forgotten how long it took. I had forgotten how Venom died. I remembered everything everything about the Sandman. He was my favorite part of this, and I'd seen the movie once in 2007. Whoa, and this is only your it, second time. This is only my second time to see this movie. Whoa. And it's still, I mean, he held up. Yeah. I thought I thought it was so great. Yep. And with all the thoughtfulness they put into him of like being literally thoughtful about his daughter, yeah. it felt like just like he blew away, he was a perfect metaphor at the end <laughs> of this movie to just have the wind take him away. He just dissipated. It's like, yeah. well- I guess there was that. Yeah. You know, it was like he was, I told Callie, it, it didn't he just even did what flesh we all out. want to do in this movie and it's just yeah. dissolve and blow into the world. And also he does, yeah, he doesn't have to have killed Ben. No, no, not at all. Not at all. And he does, everything else was there and he would have been fantastic because yeah. then we get to focus on that dynamic and we get to focus on, on Harry. Then I get to look at Sandman and be like, dude, he's a better person than Peter Parker. Right. Yeah. He's, he's gone through things and it's been bad, but he had regret, Right. But he's a better person than Peter Parker, Gone. and that's what I'm measuring now. Yeah, is is Peter realizes through this dude that oh yeah, I've been so full of myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Gone in this movie is the Peter Parker who made me cry in Spider Man Two. The Peter Parker <laughs> who sacrifices himself and his secret identity to save a group of people and civilians on this plane, on this train rather. Gone is that Peter Parker, and replaced with it is this weird, self-absorbed, uh, like. 
It's almost like a Peter Parker that never learned the lessons of one and two, but had the powers and experience of one and two. It's so weird. Yeah, it totally. This is the a, same. This is the same Peter that goes to wrestle Bonesaw. Right. Like, I am the right. I am the hottest thing on any web in the world. Yeah. And and Harry, it's a, we 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 give him amnesia, which is dumb. That's stupid. We give him amnesia, but at least we watched the bump on the head happen. The bump on Peter's head must have happened sometime <laughs> between two and three. Yeah. Because yeah. he yeah. has amnesia from the first two movies. Yeah. Yeah. Other narrative lines that I have that feel comparable to Peter Parker just being like, what happened to the old Peter? Uh, just worked because they were written differently. It's like, you know, we have Tony Stark, but he's just always been full of himself. Right. So the yeah. moment that he announces who he is and leans into that, nothing has changed. Right. Uh, and then, but when I think of Frodo being taken over by the ring and all of a sudden his best buddy, who's like his brother, he's basically thinks is against him. Yeah. It's just written in a way that's not like, we forgot who he was before. I don't, I don't know. I but don't know. The, no, no, no. But that's but yeah, what you're saying. Peter's a jerk before the symbiote attaches to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. wild. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But the Mary Jane stuff, like nobody's behaving like a regular person. Why isn't no. Mary Jane just like, hey, dude, stop talking. I just need to let you know I got fired from my play. Right. Why did, like, yeah. nothing, it, it is all so, the conflict is so contrived. And so it's shocking to me that something as good, my super pump specifically, is the the Flint Marco like discovering his powers, that entire sequence that has no dialogue where he's forming oh, his like sand body for the first time, the locket trying to grab the locket of his daughter. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. That whole, that whole that scene. That is so good. How is that in the same brilliant. movie as now dig on this? <laughs> now I mean, dig on. And I think, I think the answer is that it's actually just not the same movie. Yeah. yeah. Is that there are, that's was, a different movie. I was exhausted with Mary Jane and Peter's relationship. I was tired of it. Completely. And it had such a fun, like, okay, we're going out on a limb. This is going to be a big risk. Go get him, Tiger. I know this is your job. And so, yes, I started to feel kind of the pining for what used to be when he's <laughs> like, go get him, Tiger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, of like, let me go. But it was, it was presented in a way that I never felt sorry for them. I no. feel bad for Topher Grace because yeah. Topher Grace is... First of all, in my opinion, a very talented actor who I really like. I think he's a lot of fun. I think he's very What's charming. And I think <laughs> you don't like Topher? No. I love Topher. I I, I have watched that 70s show all the way through many times. Maybe I think Carter, he, maybe you need to show him a little bit more grace. His name phonetically is how I feel about him. It's like when you're trying not to vomit. <laughs> Topher. <laughs> I like Topher Grace a lot. And I actually think as Eddie. <laughs> Not Venom, but as Eddie, he's a lot of fun. I think that he's kind of yeah. a jerk. I think that he's very like charismatic and I like him a lot. I also know that he is a huge nerd in real life and probably yeah, cool was over the moon to be cast in a Spider-Man movie. And the fact that probably it is the last this person one he thought it would be yeah. <laughs> is devastating. Yeah, that's a yeah. bummer. I really do feel bad for it, him. It almost feels like Ben Affleck playing Batman. We're like, come on, dude. I th- I know you, you would have loved good. to do a good one. Yeah, I know you would have loved to do a good one. That sucks. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I agree. Because mm-hmm. it, it really does feel like if anybody w- would have probably gotten the call and been like, you're Eddie Brock, and he would have been like, great. I already know everything about it. <laughs> it would have been <laughs> it's Topher. Over. Yeah. Yep. yeah. It's like casting Henry Cavill as Geralt. He's like, oh, yeah, great. <laughs> I'm I'm actually on my fourth playthrough of The Witcher 3 <laughs> right. right now. That's perfect. Right, a hundred percent. Is that true? Hmm. Is that true? Had he? I know he played. Yes, video he had games. already played The Witcher when he was cast. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, Carol. Oh my god. 
Yeah, he's, yeah. We, I know I've told the story shoes. before on the show about him almost missing his Superman audition because he was doing a WoW raid, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay, yes. yeah. He showed up to the Geralt audition with his own sword. <laughs> That's amazing. I love him so much. I, he's this the is best. A, this is Welcome to CavCast. <laughs> Our podcast about Henry Cavill and how great and fantastic and awesome Speaking he is. Speaking of some interesting character decisions that we almost made. Uh-huh. In the Sam in the world in the Sam Raimi verse uh-huh. where there was no Venom or or uh Gwen Stacy, there there was going to be another villain team up in this movie and he was uh in final negotiations of casting John Malkovich as the Vulture. Ooh. <gasps> And having Anne Hathaway also in this movie playing the Vulture's daughter, who in oh. Spider-Man 4 would be revealed to be Catwoman. So she kind of, or, or Black Cat. So she kind of got to do that a little bit and be Catwoman yeah, a couple funny. of years later yeah. with Batman. I love Anne Hathaway. Uh, I'm a big Anne Hathaway fan. She was a hooker. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm a big Anne Hathaway fan. So, um, but I, yeah. I mean, that part doesn't really excite me. Malkovich, Malkovich is Vulture. Vulture is. Isn't that great? Is inspired. Isn't that great? Spider-Man 4 was going to be Black Cat. He looks like a vulture. Black Cat and Mysterio. Mysterio played by uh, Bruce Campbell. Oh, reveal that he had been Mysterio the whole time through all of his cameos? Possibly, yeah. This is my favorite cameo of his. He's absolutely hysterical. Oh, it's the Major D at the French restaurant? Yeah, I mean, it's great. Bruce Campbell, I don't think we've even brought him up once in this discussion of no. these three movies. He is so good always, but especially here. He is hilarious. We get uh, Babe Pig in the City as Captain Stacy, which is interesting. I know. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you mean Cousin Greg's grandfather from Succession? <laughs> Guys, he was just in something he, that we watched, right? You and Roy. Was he? I feel like he was. He's played the president several times. Yeah. That, that would have been I maybe guess. it. Yeah, but maybe that. Like, he, his daughter is hanging from a yeah, he does not seem concerned. <laughs> and he's like more concerned about this guy hitting on his or like knowing who she is, yeah, than her uh, basically almost dying. Like people don't survive that kind of stuff. No, no, right? no, no, no. So, oh boy, we talk about Captain Stacy. We talk about Gwen. I need you guys to help me solve a mystery. Mm-hmm. Why, on Sam Raimi's Green Earth? <laughs> Are Captain Stacy and Gwen Stacy at Harry Osborne's funeral? Why do they have any idea who this gentleman is beyond head of Oscorp? Are they there because it has been publicized that Norman was the Green Goblin and Harry was Green Goblin Part Two? Or are they there the because security detail? Are they she's th- at his gravesite. Yeah, they're sitting second row, right behind Peter and May. <laughs> Are they there because they are named characters in this script? Yes, is the answer to your question. I'm going to canonize it by saying that, okay, here we go. Harry was kind of a big deal in New York. Captain Stacy, police captain. And maybe... uh, Maybe they actually, maybe they just all sang a pop song like Shrek as soon as it faded to black. And then I saw her face. Yeah, maybe, could be. Wow, I didn't even, honestly, didn't even, I, I think I was so spent Yeah. by that point that I was just like, You know cool, what would have been great? Go. I know he, he's the talent, and Captain Stacy goes up and takes off his hat and in the rain starts to sing, If I had words <laughs> to make a day for you. <laughs> and everyone starts singing together. <laughs> 
Oh. Yeah, they don't need to be there. No. It's like someone was like, well, Commissioner Gordon goes to all of them. It's like, well, he knows he knows who killed the guy. He knows who was there, and he's way more involved yeah. and better at his job. <laughs> Why shouldn't Captain Stacy be there? Jameson's there. You know, just everybody. When Harry is like, look what you did to my face. Why wasn't Peter like, you threw the bomb at me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, you those only bombs got like because I just like back. why didn't <laughs> two movies ago those bombs heal? turned people into skeletons, by the way. Yeah, that's true. They don't just blow up. Uh yeah. Well, but true. he had special powers. Yeah. Speaking of those special powers, is Norman alive and disembodied? Is mean? Norman is Norman a ghost? Is he a spirit or is he a hallucination? Mm-hmm. Because it's presented in this movie like he's a hallucination brought on by the goblin serum, but Harry hallucinates a Norman in the mirror into, before he ever before he ever serumizes himself at the end of Spider-Man. And before two. he knows that his dad was the green goblin in the first place, I think. Yep. In retrospect, thinking about that, that is something messy I should have talked about last week. Yeah. That it's a, it, yeah. it, it is a little goofy that with no knowledge that his dad was the Green Goblin, his his psycho breakdown, like his his uh, what's the word I'm looking for, like a psychological breakdown, somehow reaches through the ether and pulls yes. truth from nothing. His his yeah. subconscious told him things that he couldn't have known. Yeah. Hey, his butler sucks. <laughs> so that's something that guy is like the blade that killed your father <laughs> came from his own glider. <laughs> That guy being the like the the resolution of this plot line out of nowhere out of nowhere sucks. Sir, the, I like, loved your father, Harry. I loved your father. <laughs> it sounds like Badger from Breaking Bad. It does, <laughs> uh, but that guy. So there's a wow. there exists an editor's cut of Spider-Man Three, mm. uh, which not trying to brag, I do own. Sure. And in the editor's cut of Spider-Man Three, trust me, it's far from bragging. <laughs> In the editor's cut of Spider-Man 3, Bernard is not the one who convinces Turner. Harry to turn. Harry, <laughs> Harry, after Peter visits him, looks and sees a photo of him and Pete and MJ being friends. And it's Harry's own decision. It, it doesn't matter to him that Peter might have killed his father. Peter's his friend. Which plays very nicely with the Flint Marco, you're more than your choices. That's the story I think Raimi wants to tell. Ugh. Okay, eject Venom. Eject eject Harry's memory loss. We don't need any of that stuff. We don't need the complication right. with MJ. In fact, I don't even think we need an MJ and Peter breakup that is brought on no. by anything other than the black suit making Peter a jerk. Yep. If she breaks up yeah. with him and not even a full breakup, I think it's believable and painful enough for her to go, you need to figure out who you are because this is crazy. Call me when you understand who yep. you are. That's what a mature yeah. adult does. And so I think... If we eject Venom, if we if we simplify the You're relationship, saying eject drama, Venom, but keep done. the black suit. Uh, sure, yeah, I think I, I think we can keep the symbiote. I think yeah. the symbiote can be part of yeah, this. Keep the symbiote. That's yeah. fine. Even <clears throat> if the symbiote isn't part of this, maybe maybe the stress of Harry and Peter beefing is what causes him to be a jerk. There are plenty of op- options for that. You you also missed out on a lot of good CGI fights with just Sandman and Spider-Man. Right. That's yeah, the coolest totally. dynamic. I'm saying if there is... They fought like twice, three times if you count the mud one. If this is a fugitive-style thriller from the perspective of Spider-Man chasing after Flint Marco, who is not an innocent man, but is not a terrible man either, and he's not a murderer, <laughs> if he's a thief instead of a murderer, something that's yeah. less violent, and Spider-Man has to make the decision... I didn't kill your uncle. 
I, I don't, don't care. care. I was ju- I was just I was waiting for you guys to stop talking so I could say that funny thing. <laughs> I hey, was rude and interrupted so that I could that's, box that's you out and of our take it from you. I was actually waiting for you guys to stop talking so I could say the funny thing. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm just saying I think there is a significantly like a 60% purged version of this movie that is streamlined and really good. I'm going to rip this Blu-ray. I'm going to cut it down to a tight 90 minutes. I'm going to send it to you guys on Google Drive. It's going to be our new favorite It's a real movie. toe for grace move. Oh, my God. Carter, do you really have beef with toe for grace? I just don't like him. Like I'm, in general? I'm being hard like in you. general you don't? I just feel like I'm too nice on the podcast. So oh, I'm just like you need an enemy. shout announcement energy. Mm. Yeah. I just don't like, uh, he hasn't moved the needle for me. In did any you ever watch he, that 70s he, show? Okay, no. that might be part of it. He's a lot of fun Did there. he take your job out of paper? I mean, it feels like you would, he feels akin to being like, I love the guy who plays Sheldon. You know, it's like, there ooh. are people who do. I don't know. I love Sheldon from our Discord. <laughs> Same. <laughs> hey, random shout out to Sheldon. Look, <laughs> hey, can, wait, hold up. Can, can our, uh, tell me Sandman's name Flint again. Marco. Flint Marco. Or the actor. Flint. No, okay. no, no, Marco. Yeah. Could he also, because we've had speculation on this podcast that Otto Octavius is going to help fight the other villains. Why wouldn't Flint not? Right. By the end of this, him and Spidey are I friends. I do think They're these bros. are variants, by the way. I don't think that this is So this is not the exact yeah. same one. So he's a variant. We did do a whole eight weeks, six weeks on how there could be so many different versions <laughs> yeah. of the same thing. So this that is like Loki show. This is like President <laughs> Loki versus our good, versus our favorite every Loki. Every Like these two have, like they have, ever since the MCU started, they just dunk and they shoot threes, they shoot half-court shots, and I come up, and I grab a ball that's too big for my hands, and I try and lace up the shoes that they wear, but I fumble on things. Every now and then I make a shot, but sometimes I'm just like, just I just want to be down. cool. <laughs> and I just fart and fall down. But sometimes the power, the pressure of that fart propels you oh, the extra three inches you needed no, to finish that dunk. I'm sorry, it can't possibly be, because we have different <laughs> um, variants of the same thing. Actually, Carter, that's a very silly <laughs> thing to even consider. It's not, though. It could be. Who knows? In fact, I would argue well, that of the villains we know for sure come in, he's the only one that could be the OG timeline version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember how I put money on? It was going to be my flex that during WandaVision, the cicada was Mephisto. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true. I do remember that. Hey. It's like, I can do listen this. Listen to me. To quote my favorite listen fairy friend. Listen to me now. Hey, listen. It's time to rate this movie using the scientific cinema scale, the same science that turned Flint Marco into a bunch of sand particles that could... How is it always applicable? Science Science is is everywhere, everywhere, man. Magic School Bus Mm. and Bill Nye taught me that. Uh, The scientific cinema scale is perfect. It's the best possible way to rate movies. And it is as follows. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it, buy Buy that that poster. poster. I mean, do we need to go any farther? The next best thing is buy it. That's followed by rent it. And then stream it. After that is forget it. And last, but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. I'm going first. I'm going first because I want to be the first one to do it. I'm forgetting this movie. It's not quite God hath forsaken us um, for me. It's not, it's not a crime against uh, living that it exists, but it is bad enough that I would prefer to just pretend it didn't ever happen and move on with my life. Um, so yeah, this is a forget it. This is a firm forget it for me. It's a huge bummer, but it's definitely a forget it. I forget it too because I literally forgot most of it. I also forgot a lot of it. The one thing that I remembered the most was Flint, Marco, and he's not utilized well and it makes me mad. 
He's he's maybe eight or nine minutes. The thing I remember the most was the was the snowboard know. that flies because I loved it when I was a kid. <laughs> Forget it. Did you have the PS3 game where you could play as New Goblin? Hey, absolutely. Of course, I had the PS3. Yeah, game. that was a good time. Good time. Huh. Before we started this recording, before we before, before I watched the movie for the podcast this week, I would have thought that I would give this a stream it. Mm. Because I thought there was more of it that was redeemable, actually watchable. Yeah. But I'm going to forget this movie because it, this is one of the worst blockbusters that I've ever seen. And you guys know how, you guys know how much it hurts my heart to say that about a Tobey Maguire Spider Man. There was a blockbuster by my house growing up. That wasn't in great shape. That was probably the worst blockbuster I've ever seen. But this yeah. is up there, Sick, dude. I've dude. never seen. I've never seen one in good shape. Oh, we had a really good one when we moved to Texas. Those Texas blockbusters—they hit different, dude. Um, yeah, dude. I, I had to split this up into two viewings. Did you? I had really? to stop it. I had to stop it after an hour to be like, I can't. Like out of sadness, you were like, Oh no. It was out of sadness and and just boredom honestly so fun fact mary jane and peter fails to propose to mary jane at the one hour point at that point we have not seen the symbiote since it silly puttied to his license plate so we cram all that crap into an hour of this this movie feels like it's six hours long it does isn't there a little bit and when the symbiote at the beginning where it feels like it's gonna pop out of his drawer and be like and he's gonna be like hi buddy you know like it's gonna be like a kid's movie (laughs) yeah but it isn't It's it's like monster trucks Oh my goodness. Oh, that's back in my Dude, mind. I forgot. Forget it. <laughs> I think we all might have forgotten that movie, actually. Wow. Might have rated it that way. That's Y'all. crazy. <laughs> hey, I don't know if you guys know this. Sorry. There's a whole there's a whole bunch of really, really, really bad horror movies out there, like 1.2 stars on IMDb. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I have not watched very many of them, but I've read a lot of their titles and they're all very funny. That, you can just have that for free. That's not really even part of this podcast. It's just great to know that you can go cool. do that. Okay, great. Sweet. That's awesome. Next week, we are going to be talking about the first of the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies, The Amazing Spider-Man. I've seen neither of them. Carter, you've never seen wow. an Andrew That's Garfield so exciting. Spider-Man. Uh, I'm actually really looking forward to rewatching these. I have not watched- The first one is great. He fights the Green Goblin. He wrestles Bonesaw. It is a shot-for-shot remake. Of Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. I haven't watched two since theaters, and I think I've only seen one two or three times. So I'm really excited to Same. re-watch these. That's going to be a lot of fun. I, in, a, in a history of Doge feeling super-duper positive about a Spider-Man movie, but maybe it's a take that hasn't aged well, I distinctly remember Jordan walking out of the theater after we saw The Amazing Spider-Man 2 and saying to you, that's the best comic book movie I've ever seen. <laughs> I remember, uh, I don't I don't think I remember loving Amazing Spider-Man 2 in the theaters, but I think I really enjoyed Amazing Spider-Man 1 when I watched it. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hmm. give these another spin. Uh, so stick with us as we continue our march through the Spider-Mans. The Spider-Mans? I think it's the last Home name. Home stretch like now, Spider-Man. guys. Home stretch. We're no halfway done. Home stretch. We're, on the, we're in yeah. the no way home stretch. Spider-Man home stretch. That's the fourth That's one. That's the fourth one. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me at this point. To end today's episode, I'd like for each of us to say our names and what Spider-Man villain could be added to the fray at the end of Spider-Man 3 that actually could have improved, genuinely improved this movie. I have my answer already. For two chunks and a hunk. Go first. I'm Jordan. 
wonders. If it was revealed at the end that two of the three villains were illusions created by Mysterio. Yeah. You just, you just, Ali, you're ooped yourself and have left us with nothing because that's by far the best choice. <laughs> well, it's very good. Would you believe that I actually didn't have that answer ready when I asked the question? Because that's a fact, maybe. I'm Doge. I believe that if we add one simple ingredient of the villainous Hydro Man into the finale of this movie, it cancels out Sandman and you just get mud. mud. That means we have less to focus on. <laughs> Carter, you got to say Big Wheel, I guess. Somebody has to do it. I'm not going to say Big Will. Big Will? Big mm. Willie style? Big, big Will. That's Will Smith, maybe. Here's a way to actually wrap it up. Sam Raimi says, all right, you want to introduce new villains? This is my last one, so I'll never do it again. Why not have the only villain that ever actually in the comic books kill Spider-Man? <laughs> mm -hmm. And Spider-Man just dies. What up, Moreland? Just showing up, doing his I thing, doing his Moreland thing. Moreland is just the, the head dead. of the Inheritors. He's kind of an energy, interdimensional energy vampire. Spider-Man has to team up with a bunch of different Spider-Men from across the multiverse to defeat Morlun and the Inheritors, although Carter Smallbone and Vic Morlun did successfully kill Peter of Earth 616, but so did Otto Octavius in the Superior Spider-Man run from Dan Slott, and also so did Norman Osborn's Green Goblin. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.